could you open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And we're going to continue our study on let yourself be. May sound kind of strange, maybe sound kind of cute if you would, but it's huge. You see, God would have us to allow ourselves to be the person as Christian he has created us to be. Because when we're Christians, we are created new. We're about to read a passage now in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new species, if you would. And then he says, old things are passed away. Notice the old life. Now, yes, you remember it. It happened. If you had bad credit before you received Christ, guess what? You got bad credit the day after you received Christ. So that didn't go away. Be nice, but it didn't. <laughs> now, what is he talking about? He's talking about the sin. You're a new person. You have a new beginning, my friend. <laughs> a new beginning. Not as a new start, but the inside of you is brand new and different. That's what we're talking about. And it says here, again, therefore, if any man be in Christ or woman, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But what he really means in the Greek, when you look at the Greek word where the New Testament is written in and translated from in Greek into English, we see that where it says he is a new creature, it says let him be. Let him be. You see, we have to allow ourselves to be this new person God has called us to be. We have to make a decision and to embrace it. People want a lot of things in their life, but they don't fully embrace it. And this is no different. And it's key to all of life. Because we can be born again and accept Christ in our life, but we don't allow what he says and how he describes us and the life that he has for us described in Scripture. We don't experience it. Yet we're born again. Yet we're Christian. Yet we love the Lord. We're not experiencing the life as a new creature in Christ, a brand new person on the inside, he wants to manifest that new person on the outside, the joy, the peace, the love, and the experience in life that he promises us. But you have to allow yourself. And that's important because sometimes we have all this baggage we're carrying. And what God is saying, let it go. Stop it and drop it, or drop it and stop it. <laughs> now, it may sound kind of easy for some people who have a lot of trauma in their lives, but you got to start believing. Once you lock into this, please follow me. Because God doesn't see you with your past when you're born again, a follower of Christ. He sees you as you are now and a future he has for you. It's passed away. That's what it says. Old things are passed away. Say passed away. Say it again. Passed away. Yeah. So let yourself be. Let him be a new creature. Look at Galatians chapter 4. We referenced it briefly last time. And I want to begin reading at verse 3 because it really addresses more detail about this new person and how we should see ourselves. The scripture has many passages about how we should see ourselves. And until we see ourselves as God sees us, we're not allowing ourselves to be who God has called us to be. Really, the ball's in our court. Yes, you basketball players. The ball's in your court you basketball enthusiasts, the ball's in your court. Shoot. You have to do something. We have to take responsibility. But it's difficult to do that if we don't know what to do. Yeah. 
And that's what I want to share with you. Just begin to walk it out. The Bible is very clear about how that's, what that should look like and how you should embrace who you are in Christ. It says here in Galatians chapter 4, verse 3, Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of this world. That's why I love the Lord so much. I was in bondage to all, all kind of stuff. Sex. Yeah, I was out there doing my thing, knocking out women, knocking up women, having babies, or they're getting pregnant. I wasn't saved. I was in bondage. Thought I couldn't help myself. Yeah, well, I guess I couldn't because I wasn't serving God. Had no help. And we all were in bondage without Christ. And that's what he's referencing here. Verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent his forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Meaning that he was born as in flesh like we were born in flesh. Something this world. But yet Jesus overcame that, that challenge. And that's the power. Jesus came down to be an example, to live in a body like we live in a body, and to overcome like we can follow his example and overcome. We have no excuses. We just have to learn what it's about to walk it out. Say walk it out. Walk it out. And then it says in verse uh, 5 again, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. I love it. I love it. You see, when you're adopted into the family of God, you are a son or daughter of, of, of the Lord. Yes. You're no longer a stranger. You're not just, well, I, I believe in Jesus. That's true. But there's a status you need to embrace. And that's too often where people miss it. They don't see themselves as the sons of God. Yeah, you're adopted into the family. And there's privileges. There's provision. There's status. There's, it's not just like, I got this status. No, it's things you are to do and you have everything you need to do the life he called you to live. That's what we're talking about. And that's a status. You're not a servant. We're going to talk about that in a moment. You're not a servant. You are a son or a daughter. Yes. I mentioned last time when Jesus acknowledged the lady with the issue of blood. For 12 years she suffered until she recognized who she was. Yes. And, and Jesus acknowledged she recognized who she was when she came in, in the press. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Yes, faith in Jesus, but faith in her right as a daughter of Abraham to tap into healing. That faith. Yes. When you know who you are and what family you're a part of, you come boldly. You don't have to be disrespectful. You just ask for what you need because it's already available to you. And healing is part of it. And so this is important because we have a life to live. And too often we live. I grew up in humble beginnings, my friend. My mom was on welfare. But, you know, her and my, mom, my dad divorced. Seven kids in the family. Different fathers. It's kind of awkward, yeah, but I love my brothers and sisters. My point is that my mom did the best she could, and it, was, it wasn't that bad, actually. I didn't realize how poor I was until I got older. My mom did a good job, to be quite honest. But, yeah, we were poor. There were times we had to wait for the, what I call the Mother's Day, first and the 15th for the welfare check to come in. And we saw the mailman down the street. Mama, he's on our block. He'll be here in a few minutes. And when he came and dropped off the welfare check, we went to the ABC market and cashed it. And, got, and we were able to eat because all, them, all the, the powdered milk ran out or ran out of rice. That's all we had to eat was rice and milk. And so that sometimes the check, we have more month than check. I grew up poor, like many people do and are poor today. But God changed that when I found out who I was in Christ. And now just not being poor, tapping into the love and the blessing of God of every area, not just financial things, 
Joy and peace. Be able to sleep well at night. You get married to a wonderful wife and have a wonderful family. That's not an accident. It's part of the promise of God. So I expect it and I have it in my life. And many in our, in our church and believers around the world experience it as well. But you got to tap into it how you see yourself. It's your identity. Let yourself be who God's created you to be. You can't live in the past, my friend. You can if you want to. But, you, but don't, you can't blame it on God, can't blame it on America, can't blame it on the president, can't blame it on nobody. God says, let yourself be. It's up to us whether we become and walk in that place he's already provided for us and who you really are already. But we got to allow ourselves to be it. Amen? It says, if we do not receive or embrace our adoption, we got all the papers, Sign in the blood of Jesus, yes. As sons, we won't experience the benefits of our sonship. Yeah. If we don't receive it or embrace it. Receiving is key. That's how you, you come into the kingdom. As many as received him, Jesus, you've embraced him. To them that receive, now they have the right or privilege to become a child of God. That's St. John chapter 1, verse 12. You have to receive. You got to receive who you are and walking out. Well, my mama, my dad, I didn't, don't matter. You, you're new now. You're brand new. So it goes on here, verse 6. And because you are sons, I love it, I'm a son. <sighs> because, or you, in your case, you say female, daughter, that's good, that works. <laughs> because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, speaking of Jesus, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That means intimate relationship. Like my, my children and my grandchildren. They just, oh, Papa, Dad. Boy's a little different, but, you know, but the daughters are much more, a little mushy. My, my, my daughter, Naomi, hi, Dad. She's, she's working on something. <laughs> and I love it. Amen. You see, my friend, when you understand your sonship in Christ and daughtership in Christ, you act like whatever's available in the house belongs to you. And that's how we should live our life. It's powerful. And now when God gives you a vision, you can walk it out. He'll provide for you. He'll, take, he'll provide everything. In fact, it's already provided. You just got to walk it out. It's already provided. What you to do and all what you need 10 years from now, Lord Terry's, it's already provided the course for your life. It's already provided. The husband that you want to marry, he's already provided. You don't have to worry. The wife, if you want to get married, then she's already provided. The house, the job, the income, it's already provided. The healing when you get sick, it's already provided. Yes. The provision when there's lack, it's already provided. Just walk it out, expect it to show it when you need it. See, that's what my children do. Come on. Dad, you know what? I, I need $100. In fact, let me give me an extra 20, 120. You know what? They, they ask, how much more should your heavenly father give you what you ask for? But if you don't think you're worthy, you don't think you think you ought to suffer, not in the house with God as a child of God. It's how you see yourself. So you got to let yourself be. Say, let myself be. Say, I will. Let myself be. All that God says I am. And when you walk in that, there's provision for you, for what God provides for you for, to live. Let's go on. Verse 7. 
Wherefore, thou art no more a servant. I love it. You're not a servant no more. I'm not a servant no more, my friend. That was revelation to me. I don't always know that because we sing songs, we're a servant of the Lord. You know, I, I get it, no problem. I'm not knocking it so much. A little bit I'm knocking it. Because I used to be a servant. I, may, I should serve, but my status is a son. Yeah, yeah, you got to get this. Your status is a son. Yes. And so you serve. I serve my wife. She serves me. I serve my children. They serve me. I serve other believers. They serve me. But my status is a son. Their status is a son or child of God. This is huge. Because if you operate as, well, I got to earn my way. We talked about that last week about that prodigal son. He went away and came back. He humbled himself. But then the father, I mean, the other brother kind of, you know, you know, it's always the other brother, right? <laughs> the other brother, he got attitude. He said, I served you all these years. You never gave me a party like that. You know what his father said? Son, all that I have is yours. <laughs> he didn't ever thought, he saw himself so much, I got to earn my way, I got to please. Yeah, yes, you do right and so forth. But you have access whether you do right or not. Just go get something to eat, man. Go in the house. Get what you want. And that's kind of, it's subtle, but it's huge. You are a son or a daughter of the Lord when you receive Christ. No longer a servant. You don't have to earn it. You should do your part of serving, but you, don't, you do it from a position of, of, of who you are as a son. In fact, Jesus came down to serve us, but he didn't serve us as a servant. He served us as a son of the living God. Yes. And you can do the same thing when you understand who you are. <laughs> yes. Let's go on. So it says in verse 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. There's value, there's benefits. You are heir of God through Christ. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So learning about our identity as sons enables us to now walk as who we are. See, when you learn about it, that's what we're teaching. I'm called to be a pastor teacher. And so this is important to teach in these areas, provide insight out of Scripture. I'm not giving you Bishop Ed's idea. I'm giving you the word. And for, as a result of this, you should never see yourself as category as a servant. You serve, and that's part of how we do life. We serve people, but you are no longer a servant in relation to God. You are a son or a daughter. So come boldly. Don't, not nasty, not disrespectful. Come boldly, like my daughter does. Dad, can I borrow about $300? Or can I have $300? You know what, sister? <laughs> but guess what? If I have it, I give it to her. It's no problem. And so would you. Now, the people next door, those kids, guys, they say, well, Mr. Mr. Smith, uh, they're him and Han and all that. Then they get, they get, they, they, oh, I've been that ass. They run away. They're not children. Yes. But when you're a son and daughter, that's your father. He loves you. How much more shall your heavenly Father give you the kingdom? Those that ask. Hmm. This is powerful. So how do you see yourself, my friend? Just think about it. And the way you know how you see yourself is how you've been behaving. How you've been behaving like a son or a servant. Not a, trying to put you down. I want you to self-identify where you've been and then adjust as a believer to where you need to, where you need to be. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's designed for you. Can you imagine you get a full scholarship to go to college 
You have dorm, room, provision, food, and you're on the street asking for, asking for food? You sleep on, on, in a park nearby? I'm not worthy, so nice, and dorms are so nice. You know what? All you got to do is receive it and embrace it. It's paid for. In our case, it's all paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you come back, come, you know, I come to college, I was poor, worked on a farm, had to earn everything. My dad died early. I had to help my mom out. I was one of the oldest. I to, you know, I get it. But you got a new family now, a new daddy now. And he's not limited by this world. And he's not limited by your past. Let yourself be who God has called you to be. Now, why is this important? So we can have stuff? No. To get so God can accomplish his purpose in the earth and we do our part in it. Yeah. If we're, if we're kind of limping along in life, confused about who we are, we this one day and that something else another day, some men don't get married. Oh, let me talk to you. Some men don't get married because you know why? They don't see themselves as God sees them fully. They may be Christian, love the Lord, but they'll get married when they realize, my God is my source. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Lord God. My wife and I got married. I didn't have any money. <laughs> we bought our first our furniture on credit. Come on, got a little table from J.C. Penney. You know, we, we, just, we decided to get married. I don't want to live in sin, so we got married. Some folk, because they don't trust God, they end up living in sin. Yeah. Living in sin rather than trust God to provide for you when you get married and do it God's way. But it's how you see yourself. I got to hustle. I can't afford, oh, she got two kids already. I can't afford her. You know, but I love, sir. So let's, be, let's be spend time together, baby. You know what, brothers? Be quiet. You don't know who you are. When you identify with Christ, you'll, you'll, you'll start out with humble beginnings and let God exalt you and provide for you. The Bible says he supply all your need. I'm all off script, but let God talk to you. I'm on script, my friend. Too often, we, because we don't see ourselves as a child of the living God, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, it's just somebody, a little weak-looking Jesus on the, cro on the cross, picture on the wall. No, not that Jesus. The Jesus we serve, he's the man, Christ Jesus. The Jesus we serve is strong and mighty. When you see him as who he is and you see yourself in Christ, oh, my friend, it's on now. And then you, you make better decisions. You won't hide in the shadows. You walk in where God's called you to walk and live. So you, provide, you expect God to provide for your family. You pray and ask the Lord. You do your work. You, you, you know, you work and so forth. And walk it out in that area. But God is your subsource, not your hustle, not your gig. Yeah. You may have a gig. That's fine. But that's not your source. God is your source. That's how you see yourself. Amen. So your new identity should show up just like it does for a lawyer or a doctor, or a professor, etc. They simply act like who they are. Now, can you imagine you just spent all your, your money to put your son or daughter through law school <laughs> or medical school? Everybody's happy. We got a doctor. We got a lawyer in the house. And then they get the degree, finish school, and they're not doing nothing. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. You know what? Get out there and get you a job, sister, brother. Come on. 
But that's what's happening to us. We don't know who we are. You got to let yourself. You're already qualified. You got the medical degree. You're already qualified. You have the law degree. What you waiting on? It's your own thinking of yourself. Will I be a good lawyer? Will I be a good doctor? <laughs> I know I'm making it a little funny here, but I want you to get it. That's how, that's what the devil does. He, he beats us up with life. And, and it gets into our thinking. And it's subtle. And unless someone like me addresses it, it doesn't get dealt with. And we carry it the rest of our life. And guess what? We can't say, well, God, you treated them. You blessed them more. No, what? I, they're my son. You're my daughter. You're, they're my daughter as well. You wouldn't let yourself be this new person I created you to be. It was in you all along. <laughs> it was, he was in you all along. You got to let him operate. And it's believing what he says about you. Oh, we go, I'm going to show you some illustrations in a moment. This is powerful. I trust you got your seatbelts on. The power of God has already begun to heal your heart and your mind already. The thinking that was out of line now getting in line. And those who have not received Christ, you're watching, you're saying, this sounds good to me. You have an opportunity to receive Christ and get adopted into the family too. And you'll be able to have this new life like so many of us experience as well. The limitations we have as Christians is a direct result of not embracing who we are in Christ. I'll say it again. The limitations, money, honey, yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 all the guys I've been seeing and dating, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they're, they're not asking to marry them. You're probably not the one then. Don't waste your time, sister or brother. Well, I, I want to get married. You know, she's not ready, brother, go on. I mean, you're not hating on them. When I met Vanessa, had my eyes on her, I was ready to get married, and she was ready to get married. We got married. I want to spend a lot of time with people not ready to get married. That's dangerous. So you settle, you compromise. And the real one God has for you is somewhere not, probably not too far away. Mm-hmm. By the way, brother, she may have a couple kids. Uh-huh. You don't mind? Well, I don't say that. I'm leaving that alone. <laughs> you want to get what God has for you. And it's his best. But you got to see yourself as God sees you. I have some video clips. I have four of them. I'd like to share with you. But let me set it up first, and then I'll we'll share the clips. The first one is in a hospital scene where a man in a hospital bed is talking to a coach. He's a, he's a basketball coach at a high school. And um, they were very close to winning the championship, and then they lost. And that was really a bummer for him and the team. But also what happened around the same time, they're in a small town, and the economy impacted, and then it was a build, there was a major employer moved, closed out their, their plant, and moved away. And so a lot of those jobs went away as well. People began to move to other nearby cities, and that, therefore some of his best basketball players left as well. He was so upset about it. He was really, and really just depressed about it. And so, and he was a Christian. But this insight is out of a movie some of you may have seen already, but if not, you need to see it, maybe see it three or four times. It's called Overcomer. And these insights we want to share is about identity. And when you begin to see who you are, life changes. Everything changes. Everything. You don't need to compromise and a little hook over here, a little darkness over there, a little shadow over here, a little lie over here. When you know who you are, 
and your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills, if you don't really believe that thing is fairy tale, then you don't know who you are yet. Mm-hmm. And when I got this, it changed my life. Because I was, I was ready for a change, my friend. I was a hustler, womanizer, liar. That's what, you know, what, what people did, what I did. Just, I, I wasn't saved. And then I got saved, went to a good church to taught me who I was in Christ. Changed my life. And I let myself be it. Didn't happen all overnight, but as I grew in the knowledge of who I was in Christ, I started taking, I got to put that on, put that on, yeah, I'm put that on, all of it on. And now my life changed. I've been married about 47 years in, in the next month. You know what? I can tell you, God is good. Got a wonderful wife, my college sweetheart, amen. Yeah, God provides. Have four children, three grandsons, wonderful daughter-in-law. Expecting some more grandkids showing up in due season. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm blessed. I started this church in my living room. Had no money. But I had identity. When God called me, I accepted it. And so many that we have taught over the, over the years, as I began to walk it out, realize I'm not just going after some dream, some just nice idea, some career. I'm doing what God called me to do. He provides for me. I'm going to walk it out and expect it to happen. I'm not going to doubt it, undermine by talking crazy. But when you don't know who you are, that's what you do. Well, I don't think I, it's meant for me. You know what? Do you know your father? How he treats his children? Walk it out. Amen. See, it's let yourself. You're not going to get to heaven and talk to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, you know, I, I, I'm glad I'm in heaven and all, but, you know, how come they got more rewards and they've been doing more stuff and I'm over here in, a, in, a, in you know, not the ghetto of heaven, but, you know, a little side piece. I don't have that many rewards. Well, because you didn't know who you are. You didn't walk it out. You were holding yourself back. You didn't read the Bible. You didn't believe all of it. You believe your experience. You believe your history. But when you're a new creature, you create a new history in God. Yes. Yeah. When you get this, and I believe many of you are getting it even right now, bondage is being broken. The anointing is flowing now. Receive it, my friend. Receive it. It's the word of God I'm sharing with you. So we're going to begin with this in particular, this first clip, and watch it, and you'll see what God is saying. Sean. If I asked you who you are, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I'm a basketball coach. And if that's stripped away? Well, I'm also a history teacher. Okay. We take that away. Who are you? Well, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And God forbid that should ever change. But if it does, who are you? I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Um, I'm a white American male. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. And what's that mean? It means follower of Christ. And how important is that? It's very important. Interesting. Hi, so far down your list. 
Okay, wait a minute. I could have easily said Christian first. Hey, yeah, but you didn't. Look, John. Your identity will be tied to whatever you give your heart to. Doesn't sound like the Lord asked first place. You're calling me a bad Christian? Let me be a little direct. Last time you were here, you said you'd pray for me. Did you? No. No. For someone who knows the Lord, you're acting like somebody who doesn't, which makes me wonder. What have you allowed to define you? When you lost your team, it didn't just disappoint you, it devastated you. Something or someone will have first place in your heart. But when you find your identity in the one who created you, It'll change your whole perspective. Wow. When you find your identity in Christ, the true identity, it changed your whole life perspective. That's what happened to me and so many people that I know. But too often, Christians not understanding this piece, they're Christian, they're truly born again, going to heaven, no problem. But their identity Lack of the true identity recognition trips them up big time and holds them back. It's the lack of knowledge. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people, not the devil's people, my people are destroyed. Satan is a destroyer for lack of knowledge. And one of the most important areas of knowledge is your identity. The African-American man in, in the uh, bed, uh, we're going to show you in a moment that he's a father. And we're going to show his daughter in a moment. But she grew up without her father because her, because her mom died uh, messing with him uh, and um, on drugs. So this daughter, her grandmother, raised her and told her, your father's dead because, you know, he wasn't a good guy. So he's now having struggles because he has diabetes. He can't see. And he's talking to this coach. He happened to see him next door, and he came over to talk with him, and now they're becoming friends. And he also became the coach of this, his daughter. But he doesn't know his daughter, doesn't know his daughter at all. He knows she's out there, but he can't go because the, the grandmother keeps him away. You see, too often we limit our identity to our career, our education, or our accomplishments. Yeah. What happened when your job goes away? Like, now his team is gone. He has to rebuild. He said, it devastated you. When your identity is in your job, you lose your job, you're devastated. Yeah, you don't like it. It's awkward, maybe a little rough. But your hope is in God, and you are a son or a daughter, not a servant. Got to get a four or five jobs, working so much you can't even sleep. Oh, God. No. You are a child. When you don't know who you are, 
Your God provides for you well. You got to see yourself as that. Let's watch the next clip. We've all sinned, Hannah. We've all lied or stolen or hated. But when we give our heart to Jesus, he starts cleaning it. <laughs> he takes better care of it than we ever could, if we'll trust him. Is that something that you'd like to do? Yes, but I don't know what to pray. Would it be okay if I led you through it? Hannah, that was beautiful. You know, the Bible says that when you place faith in Jesus, you are a brand new creation. You are brand new. I want you to do something for me, okay? There's a book of the Bible in the New Testament. It's called Ephesians. I want you to just look at the first two chapters, read it through and write down everything that it says you are as a believer in Christ. Can you do that? Yes, ma'am. Wow. So this is this man's daughter who was in the hospital. She doesn't know he's alive. And she had issues. And then she meets the principal at a Christian school. And the principal ministers to her because she's down. She's sad. She's burdened, like many young people, many older people. When she ministered to her, she said, read Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 2. They started talking about now you're in Christ who you are. I'm chosen. I'm beloved. I'm forgiven. It was verses like that that changed my life. Maybe you weren't hungry for a change. Maybe you're okay, you know, with things where they were. I wasn't. I didn't like the life I was living. I, mean, I was living okay, you know, but I wanted more in life. I'm watching television. I'm seeing the greater world around me, and I was left out. I thought it was my color. Until I found out myself in Christ, I'm, I got the blood of Jesus. Doesn't matter the color of my skin, and God began to move in my life <clears throat> because I identify with Christ. And that awakening is huge. And until you have that, you're not living life. Oh, let me say that again. Until you have this awakening of who you are in Christ and begin to walk it out, you're not living life the way you were designed to. You know, we, we, we laugh, we go to parties, you know, we do various things, and, you know, yeah. You go home and realize, you know what, I'm missing something. 
So when you go home at night and at the time you realize something, why? Because you're born again spirit, letting you know you're not getting it all. Something's, you need more, you need more. It's the truth of who you are. You receive it and walk it out. Yeah, you're forgiven for what you've done. Yeah, from the drug deals, they OD'd, went to jail behind you. You're forgiven. Devil, you can't put that guilt on me. I'm a new man, no woman now. See, you got to look to yourself as God sees you. Until you do, you, stay in, you keep yourself in bondage. The bondage of your past. The bondage of didn't happen, what happened to you. Bondage of what should have happened to you. You know what? It's a new day now when you let yourself be. So the next clip, this young lady realized who she was. And she walks into the drama room and begins to declare boldly. It's like you need to do sometimes, to let people know who you are. Not nasty. You can do what she did. And they realize, what happened to you? Let's watch. Okay. Truxton, did you write this? Every word, completely original. Oh, yay. Honey. I'm going to need more. John? It's okay. Ah, thank you, Truxton. You can sit down now. While we're compiling our notes, the rest of you can get your things together. The bell should ring in about three minutes. Anna, you okay? Ask me who I am. Ask me who I am. Who is Hannah Scott? I am created by God. He designed me. So I'm not a mistake. His son died for me, just so I could be forgiven. He picked me to be his own, so I'm chosen. He redeemed me, so I am wanted. He showed me grace, just so I could be saved. He has a future for me because he loves me. So I don't wonder anymore, Coach Harrison. I am a child of God. I just wanted you to know. see that? That's what I'm talking about. That was fire. <laughs> John, why is she not in my class? Wow. Notice the dynamic change, dramatic change, in fact, from bent over, looking down a lot, 
not confident, just the, the accumulation of not having a father in her life, not knowing about her father and question. And, you know, her grandmother took care of her rather well, I'm sure, put her in a nice, good Christian school. But young people, older people go through problems because they have not, uh, if you would, addressed this identity issue. We all have it. And guess what? We try to get it with, as men with women, as women with men, with fame, with all kinds of stuff, sports, or our jobs, our church. Yeah, pastors suffer too if they don't understand their identity. We can go to Bible college and read the Bible, but if we don't know who we are, we, they, we got issues. And too many of us got identity issues. Why? This piece. The dramatic change this young lady. In fact, she was a track runner. Yes, on the, on the team, long distance, cross country. She has asthma, was struggling. But you can watch the movie on your own, you'll find out how she was able, through her identity recognition, in the Bible, not by television, not by your grades, not by how much money you have, whether you're the father or mom in your life or not, by what God sees about you. When you identify with that, it's a game changer. It's a game changer, and you walk it out. It really is easy when you resolve in your heart and identify who you are in Christ and how God sees you. It's when you don't. It's when you find excuses. There's a lot of excuses out there, my friend. All you need is one to hold you back. Yeah. But God gives you a good reason, and it's in the Word. You see, Jesus found himself in Scripture. That's what he did when he came off his 40-day fast. And he went into the temple. He opened up the scriptures. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And began to outline about himself in scripture. And then he closed the book. And he said, this day is fulfilled in your ears. In other words, it's fulfilled in my life. Until you find yourself in scripture, you look into Hollywood to give you identity. Look into the magazines or whatever in this world, or a title, a position, a job to give you identity. Like you saw earlier, he was a coach. He's a father. But, it, but Christian was low on, on, on the pole. Why? Because he identified with it fully. Yeah, he goes to church. He tries to do, be a good Christian in his own way. But many people are like that as Christians. You got to go deeper, look at the word about what that means to be a Christian. You're forgiven. You're beloved. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go on. The next particular and the last one clip is a daughter now enters the hospital after she won the race. She had began to unite with her dad. She met with him, and he was coaching her. And she had some earphones on as she ran. And he began to coach her because he also was a cross-country champion. She didn't know that. And so she started running cross-country, and she didn't realize that. That was her dad, and she picked it up, and she had the same passion. So he coached her to win. Watch the movie, my friend, on your own. It is a powerful movie, and you'll be blessed. And, and you, but look at the identity piece, because that's what people suffer. This is why the devil tempted Eve the way he did. If you be the son of God. If you be, I was already like God, devil. If you're a child of God, if you eat this, if you eat this tree, a fruit of the tree, you'll be like God. She was already like God. 
It gets you to question who you are, and now you're on a rabbit trail for the rest of your life. Get back with God and, and accept his identity of you. Let's watch the final clip. He's going to be so excited. I hear three sets of footsteps coming. Hey, Thomas, how are you? I've been on pins and needles all day. How is everybody? We're good, Thomas. Hey, Daddy. And how is my daughter? You want a medal. Thomas, that's not just any medal. You mean to tell me? My daughter won the race? I had a really good coach. Wow, what a wonderful ending. Because the daughter discovered her identity in Christ. Her being maybe an abandoned, no father, no mother, because her mother died of the drug overdose. Her grandmother raised her. So she had good reason to feel sad and live a sad life. Nobody wants to live that way. But when she found out who she was, in Christ and begin to look at the scriptures and write it down so it gets into your heart, into your mind and believe it. You saw when she came into that drama room, tell me who I am, ask me who I am. You talk acting like that too. Oh God. Until you get like that, it's not deep enough. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you're not speaking it, it may be in there, but it's not in your heart in abundance. Keep going deeper. Meditate more. Read it again. Read it again. And let God bring it out. You see, the daughter's relationship with her father was healed after her heart was healed. After her heart was healed. Then the relationship got healed. Isn't that the way it is for every relationship? We're trying to heal relationships and the heart's not healed yet. And guess what? You break up again, you break up again, or you just walk away. Why? It's a heart issue. And only Jesus can do that. He came to heal the broken hearts that happened in our past. And we bring it to new friendships, other, to our jobs, to our companies, to our extended family, to people, to the world. And we're good people, but we got this stuff. My friend, Jesus wants to heal your heart now. It starts with you deciding to accept your son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. It's not difficult, it's a decision. It's a decision. Let yourself receive.